Hi, it's Matt. Just before we start the show, I want to tell you about a great live event I've got coming up on the 27th of March. To celebrate 600 episodes of Recruiting Future, I'm going to be hosting a live Ask Me Anything webinar. This is your chance to pick my brain on anything you like, including market trends and predictions, the impact of AI on recruiting, skills-based hiring, the changing role of recruiters, podcasting tips, or even my favourite Scottish tourist destinations and whiskies. Literally, ask me anything. I'll also be joined by some surprise special guests who'll be adding their perspectives to the conversation. You can sign up now by going to mattalder.me slash AMA. That's mattalder.me slash AMA. And I really look forward to seeing you there. That web address one last time. mattalder.me slash AMA. Support for this podcast is provided by Cornerstone On Demand. Cornerstone is the world's leading talent technology specialist, helping organisations drive people's success in uncertain times. Their enterprise-class talent acquisition platform, TalentLink, supports recruiting teams with the challenges of today, helping clients to deliver digital-first hiring experiences while guiding them in the shift to skills-based hiring and their missions to build more diverse workforces globally. If engaging, hiring and onboarding the very best people in today's environment is important to you, visit www.cornerstoneondemand.co.uk and get in touch to find out why TalentLink is the platform built for the smarter recruiter. There's been more of scientific discovery more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 314 of the Recruiting Future podcast. The changing relationship between talent acquisition and talent management is something we've been talking about a lot in 2020. With accelerated digital transformation causing a skills crisis for many employers, the role of learning across the talent acquisition journey is increasingly important. Upskilling recruiters and hiring managers is an obvious part of this. But what about the potential for employers to use digital learning systems to upskill talent pools of potential hires? To explore this in more detail, my guest this week is Peter Gold, Manager of Recruiting Solutions at EMEA for Cornerstone On Demand. Cornerstone is doing some pioneering work in this area, and with over 30 years of experience in recruiting, Peter has a lot of insights to share. Hi, Peter, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me. An absolute pleasure to have you back on the show. Could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Yeah, sure. I'm Peter Gold. I work for Cornerstone On Demand. And my role is the kind of the subject matter expert of recruitment, having been in the industry for over 30 years now. Tell us a little bit more about Cornerstone On Demand for people who aren't who aren't familiar with it. So Cornerstone On Demand started... 21 years ago, actually, as a learning platform 
And over the years, I've progressed from learning into talent management. And a part of that progression into talent management included recruiting. So they started building an ATS about seven years ago. And then, as you're probably aware, they acquired Saba in the middle of the pandemic earlier this year. So Saba were the world's second largest learning stroke talent management platform. Cornerstone were the largest. So we put them two together and built an even bigger business. So we now have two ATSs, one's TalentLink, one's Cornerstone Recruiting. And so we have kind of a best of breed standalone platform in TalentLink and a fully integrated talent management platform that includes recruiting as part of that. Now, we'll, we'll sort of talk in a minute about some of the, the, the implications and things that come out of combining talent management and talent acquisition. Before we do, though, tell us how you're seeing the market at the moment from, from the employers that you're talking to. What are the sort of issues that they're, that they're facing? What are they doing to solve them? Yeah, I mean, the kind of three things we keep hearing about are agility, So obviously recruiters being able to swap and change what they're doing, how they're reacting to the changes in the market because of the pandemic. Um, Arguably, recruiters have always had to have been agile. I just think it's a bit more polarized now because of the pandemic. Diversity hiring. It's all again, it's always been a major issue for organizations, but it's just again becoming more of a priority at the moment, particularly as technology is there to help some of that process and part of that kind of screening and of course to attraction of the right kind of people and then the other thing is kind of wrapped up within the candidate experience kind of genre is the whole skills piece matching finding the right candidate but doing that in a way that gives the candidate still a good experience but delivers the right business impact so they're the kind of the three kind of key areas that we're kind of hearing all the time. Let's talk about the skills side of this. So there's been a huge amount of talk uh, about skills this year, about companies having to change their business model, di- digital transformation being very aggressively speeded up because of the pandemic and the issues the issues around it. And of course, there was a report by the World Economic Forum a, a few weeks ago that, that kind of really outlined that the majority of employees are going to have to update or reskill themselves in the next few years to, to keep up with the sort of the pace of change of technology within the workplace and within, within companies. What's your take on the sort of the relation between skills and talent acquisition? in terms of where we are currently. The whole skills thing has always been there, let's be honest. If you think about you, know, you and I have both in it, been in this industry quite a while now, and we've seen a lot of change over the years. And I would kind of suggest that both you and I have probably been, have done, been very much focused on a self-learning approach. We haven't had people you know, tell us how to become a podcaster, tell us how to become an expert in SEO. We've just gone out and learned those skills in order to become better at what we do and, you know, evolve our own kind of careers. So I think the skills thing has never gone away. It's always been there. But what is different now is there's a lot of focus on it and the whole digital transformation piece is being accelerated because of the pandemic. And People are talking about skills, but the advantage we have now versus, let's say, 10 years ago, the conversation is right at the top of the agenda. But also the technology is it allows you know, us as an, as an industry to identify what skills are missing and help candidates understand and employees what skills are missing. So if you take 
cornerstone learning an example as an example they have loads of data you 20 know, odd years of data around what training people take what the business impact of that training has been what the individual skill increase has been from that training and what kind of training works what kind of training doesn't work we acquired a company called clustree just before we acquired Saba earlier in the year and what Clustery have they have all the job titles and they have all the skills that are associated to those job titles but effectively you know, Cornerstone had a list Clustery had a list and they were kind of almost you know run in isolation but you add those two things together and all of a sudden you've got the big data and the technology and the machine learning that can actually say well here is a job title that has these skills that a ca- an, a, an employee or candidate does, candidate doesn't necessarily know they have those skills. So the machine can kind of say, "Here, here's some information, person. You val- help validate that." Which, off the back of then validating the skills the person has, that I could do it myself, or the machine can make recommendations. It's kind of the Netflix, kind of Amazon recommendations type mindset. But then, off the back of now knowing the skills and then matching that to the kind of jobs that somebody wants to do we're able to say or the machines are able to say well this is the training that you should do in order to help you progress in your career so from an internal mobility point of view you know traditionally you've needed to have all the performance data in order to be able to say these are the competencies of matt this is how he matches up against this job. And if he wants to change career path, these are the kind of learning interventions he should take in order to move his career in the right right way. And Cornerstone already does that. But with having the, the skills engine as well, we're now be able to accelerate that learning of the individual on more generic data. And so that if you think about from the talent acquisition point of view, rather than say to a candidate who comes to your career site, find a job. You can actually say, well, let's look at your profile and we can recommend jobs to you and off the back of the recommendation, show how well you are matched and off the back of the the match, say, well, and here's some kind of training that we would actually provide to you as part of your career. Or, hey, who knows, maybe as part of the candidate experience, you give some skills training as part of that journey. That's just so interesting because the internal mobility piece is is something that sort of, you know, comes obviously out of this, you know, employers are going to have to reskill the the employees that they have and offer them access to systems where they can that can help them help them learn those skills. But taking that concept actually into talent acquisition and 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 obviously, you know, working on the basis that there aren't enough people with the skills that companies need to hire. Are you actually saying that it, it becomes a responsibility of the of, of the hiring company to help upskill the people that it wants to hire yeah i mean if you think about talent acquisition it's you know it's, it says it all in the name it's all about acquiring something so yeah recruitment has always been about go out and find and buy that talent and all the technologies that have been built have all been around how to make it easier for the recruiter to find attract and buy that talent but you can't keep hiring that doesn't exist. So I believe we've got to move away from a buy talent to a build talent. Obviously, you still got to buy some talent, but I think we've got to have a much stronger focus on building talent. Now, you know, people listening might think, nah, he's wrong. He's talking a lot of, you know, tosh here. 
yeah, I've said these kind of things in the past. You know, I, I wrote a book literally 10 years ago called Who Moved My Talent? And it was actually for Lumess, funnily enough. Um, and that book had a lot of predictions and ideas in it, things such as, you know, one day every organization will have something like Workplace, you know, an internal social network. And of course, that was scoffed at and they said, yeah, that will never happen. And of course, now that's commonplace. So in the same way, you know, I'm kind of talking about this utopian idea of building talent. And so a lot of people say, well, that's not going to not going to happen. I really do think it will. And I really think it's absolutely vital. And, you know, we could be talking anything from, you know, we're looking for a particular type of engineering skill. Here's some information, there's some learning you could do to help prepare you for an interview with us when we want to talk to you about AI in engineering. Or here's some skills training you could do if you're going to work in a call center. Or here's some, um, it, it could be anything. It could be simple. These are some COVID policies we have and some COVID training we have. If you're going to come and work in our takeaway restaurant or hopefully restaurant that allows people to sit inside one day, then these are the things you will have to follow. And we will assess this to, with you as part of your interview. So absolutely, I think that we we will and have to move from a pure buy model to a buy and build model but a candidate from a candidate perspective, not just an employee perspective. I suppose there's a couple of aspects to this. There's the the learning technology, if you like, that could be utilised to make this happen. And obviously lots of companies offer that technology and lots of employers have that technology and those sort of capabilities already. I suppose the interesting thing for me would be around the content because how do companies get started with this? What do they do if they don't have a budget to produce this kind of learning content? I think the first thing is, it, it, there's two types of recruiters. There are those recruiters that are quite siloed and quite transactional in their their model, in their activity and in their mindset. And so they will carry on as they are and they will do what they'll do. Those that are prepared to be look at talent more holistically and have the right kind of culture within their organization, the first thing to do is obviously talk to your L&D colleagues. See what they can do to help you because organizations spend a fortune on content. So it may be that you've already got some of the content that is relatively low cost. It's not particularly secret to your organization. So you could actually, there might already be content you could put out there, maybe within a portal or maybe within your ATS, because most applicant tracking systems now have a candidate portal area. So you could put it in there once somebody started the application process. Or even if you're using a talent pool type system, then it may be that that platform allows you to put learning content in there. So that's the first thing. Secondly, again, going back to the fact that Cornerstone has been doing training and learning for so long we know the kind of learning that people absolutely enjoy and absorb and benefit from and short ted talks type content that's on youtube or on vimeo that kind of stuff is really useful so it could be you actually go x just say well look what's out there what kind of relevant information is out there so it could be that resilience is a topic within your organization and you think, well, okay, let's find some relevant videos on resilience. And there's a fantastic video by a lady called Lucy Horn. It's about 15 minutes. It's a TED Talk. It's on YouTube. Something as simple as that you could embed within your career site because it's YouTube. So there's there's lots of different ways of looking at it. Are there any examples of things that Cornerstone's done in this area? Yeah, I mean, earlier in the year, we launched something called Cornerstone Cares. So Cornerstone Cares was launched right in the kind of the middle of the the pandemic early stages and and that portal was free to everybody and it contained a number of what we call playlists 
One was focused around what is the pandemic to try and educate people on how to look after themselves and stay safe. There was a playlist around health and well-being, things you can be doing during the pandemic to stay you know, mentally strong. And then third, about working from home, because obviously so many people all of a sudden were working from home. So we had a playlist around how we had to remain productive and focused and do's and don'ts of working from home. So that's something that Cornerstone did early on in the year. Um, we're also, because of this whole skills thing, and again, having spoken to our recruitment user group earlier in the year, we were talking about some of the challenges they were facing. And we talked about the challenges, which, which you mentioned earlier. We also then talked about some specific operational needs they had, such as they wanted to keep candidates warm. They didn't really know how to nurture them properly. You know, Why is that? Well, because it's recruitment marketing. We're not really great at that. So, okay, well, if you had some training, would that help? Well, obviously, yes. So we're about to launch, a again, a training portal for the talent acquisition industry. It's not just for our clients. We're calling it Hiring Heroes. Um, there is a reason for that name, which we'll explain at another time. But Hiring Heroes is a training portal for talent acquisition people. And we're starting that off with three playlists. One is recruitment marketing. Two is talent sourcing, because again, that was another skill they were looking for. And the third one, which is a bit more kind of strategic, is how to build a business case. Because obviously, with all the changes in the world of recruitment, recruiters need different technology, maybe. They need plug-in technologies to their ATS. They may even need a new ATS. But recruiters aren't typically great at asking for money because they don't build business cases and they don't talk the right language of the CFO. So we've put together a specific training course around how to build a business case. So they're some of the kind of things we're doing around saying, look, these, this is how you know the world needs to improve its skills. And these are some of the kind of options you've got and some of the channels you've got to improve your skills. Final question. Very, very difficult to predict what the future is going to be at the moment. But I, I'm still kind of, a, I'm still asking everyone this question because I think it's interesting to get different perspectives on that. So what do you think the next 12 to 24 months looks like for talent acquisition? I'll tell you what I think it should look like, because obviously I can't say what it, what it will look like. But what I think it should look like is recruiters need to understand the value they add to the organization and understand that they are professionals who know how to do their job. So if, let me give you an example of what I mean by that. If you are a recruiter taking a brief from a hiring manager and you, as part of taking that brief, brief, you look at the working environment, you would not then, having seen the work environment, say to the engineering manager, yeah, I wouldn't kind of work to those tolerances for that kind of that kind of titanium. Or you wouldn't say to the IT manager, well, I wouldn't use that code language to you know to write that program. Or you wouldn't talk to the, the marketing people and say, oh, I'm not sure about those designs. I would have done it slightly differently. You wouldn't question their professionalism. You just wouldn't do that. Yet, as recruiters, we are questioned all the time on the candidates we submit. We go, kind of go here are here are two or three really good candidates. And the line managers or the hiring managers will very often say, well, yeah, it's, it's a candidate-led market at the moment. I'd like to see some more candidates, please. And the poor recruiters pulling their hair out, thinking, yeah, there just aren't three more people as good as this. But we aren't always in a position or feel we're able to push back. So I think recruiters need to start enforcing that. And as a result of that, I think, you know, I'm not saying, well, I am saying, let's eradicate the hiring manager out of the decision-making process. Let's say to the hiring manager, this is what you need. This is what we've agreed as a specification and the requirements for the person. And here are two people 
that are the right match for your position, Mr. Hiring or Mrs. Hiring Manager. And because they're not, haven't got all the skills necessarily, we've actually got training aligned to these people and this is how they'll meet your criteria. And that's what I think should happen. And, and the recruiter should make the process far more controlled by recruitment, not controlled by the hiring manager. And that then has a positive impact on the candidate experience. And we talk about candidate experience forever as being one of the top three priorities. So let's actually put our money where our mouth is and say, no more hiring manager interventions because it creates problems. It take, it creates time delays. There's often bias in that decision-making process. So actually, I'm the professional. These are the candidates that are right for you. That's what I think should happen. Peter, thank you very much for talking to me. My pleasure, Matt. My thanks to Peter Gold. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your favourite podcasting app of choice. Please also follow us on Instagram. You can find the show by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search through all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. Hi, my name is Sara, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.